On today's episode of the Blue White Illustrated Recruiting Podcast, Sean Fitz and myself look back on last weekend's visits uh, during the bye week. You know, who were some of the most intriguing prospects? Uh, we also discussed the latest on 2023 defensive line recruiting. And I look back on my trip to see Alex Birchmeyer and Anthony Donko. We'll finish up the podcast then with a few intriguing whiteout visitors, which is just about two weeks away. Let's get it started. All right, guys, Michigan week is here. It's on the road this week, though, so not a whole lot to talk about recruiting yet, but I promise two weeks from now, or really next week and the week after that, there's going to be so much recruiting talk. Uh, but I got to start with asking about Denver, Sean. I'm jealous. You got to spend a couple of days out there. You even, you even took in one of the greatest NFL games of all time, the Denver Broncos against, I don't even know who the, who the hell they playing the other night. It was terrible, but yeah. uh, take, take me through it. How was it? They're playing Matt Ryan and the Colts. I uh, that's right. I, I paid to go. I didn't pay full price, but I paid to go, and that was a choice that I made. I, I had a blast. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so much fun uh, as a neutral observer. And people listening don't understand. Like, I, I don't go to football games to cheer and do all that kind of stuff. It's been so long since I've been to a football game. I'm also a Washington fan, so even when I go to football <laughs> games, there's not much to cheer for. So watching that, even just like the crap that was going on in the field, uh, it was amazing to watch. But uh, no, enjoyed that. And did a little beer festival while I was out there as well. So I, I chalk it up to a pretty good trip. Good to hear, man. All right. Well, let's uh, – Penn State's coaches took quite a few trips last week as well. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, out on the road for the bye week. Uh, a few intriguing visitors. T. Frank and I hit on, on a couple of them last Friday. But I think Sean and I kind of see a handful of guys that stood out to us the most. I mean, Sean, I'll throw it to you first. Just kind of – when you look down that list, who who stands out on you? What what are those one or two visits that uh, are gonna you know perk your attention? I guess. Well, obviously the, the 2023 class is the one that's the, that we're going to be talking about to, down the stretch here uh, before National Signing Day. And Keyshawn Blackstock's an interesting one to me. A junior college offensive tackle. Phil Troutwine went out to see him last week. Um, they've they've dipped their toes into the JUCO waters. There's not much out there in terms of uh, of offensive tackles in the. In, in the actual 2023 high school class. So um, they've looked at Blackstock. They were up at Lackawanna a couple of weeks ago with Ian Wright. They like what they saw there. They want to see more from him. But Blackstock, look, you know, it looks like more and more like he's being centered on as the top offensive line target remaining. Now, some guys may pop up, um, you know, uh, uh, decommitting from their current schools. We're just about into flip season. We saw a couple, we saw a little bit of movement earlier this week. Um, but uh, I think for the most part, they're thinking that Blackstock could be a guy that could come in and help them earlier than these 2023 high school kids. So um, that was one that really jumped out to me. Uh, Phil Troutwine was in Kansas the other day uh, to check in on him. So I, I, I don't know which direction his recruitment's going to go because he's been up front. I think they play nine straight Saturdays until the mid until mid November, maybe even late November. So getting out and seeing schools is going to be tough for him. Um, he's originally from the Atlanta area. So, you know, you distance even, you know, sometimes you go, you have these guys go to junior college, you go to prep school that, you know, have, have played or at least have roots in this region. Blackstock doesn't have that. So it'd be interesting to see what direction he goes, but Penn State's certainly putting, uh, turning up the heat on, on Keyshawn Blackstock. Yeah. Uh, a couple guys for me, uh, I'll start, I'll start 2023 as well. Edwin Joseph, uh, just, Coming out of that visit, talking to people over the weekend, 
you know, Miami has been that school for the longest time where we all kind of assumed Edwin Joseph was going to end up. I mean, even in my talks before he came for his Penn State official visit, I mean, he admitted, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not necessarily that it's close to home, but the fact that it's close to home is going to allow me to visit a lot and that's going to have a, a big impact. I'm not, I'm not so sure about that anymore. I think there's some real momentum for Penn State coming off that official visit. You know, they didn't get to meet with Edwin a lot during their uh, school visit, of course. You're not allowed to really do that right now. You'll They'll be able to do that later in the year, December, January. But just from talking to the coaches, uh, you know, at Shaman Madonna, and then, you know, kind of reaching out to people I trust at Penn State, there, there's a real belief that Penn State could be the team to beat there. The, the whole discussion, though, is really just how important is wide receiver. You only have a handful of scholarships remaining. Just they got to figure out that math. So that's the only thing that's really kind of holding me back from an RPM. But I think one could come. Uh, one other guy then I, I would just also mention to grab my attention is Luke Cromanhope, 2024 quarterback committed to Florida State. I'm still kind of digging on there and what that relationship is. Obviously, of course, like I said, Luke's committed to FSU. But, you know, James Franklin going down there on a Thursday night uh, to, to watch him play in Savannah, Georgia, certainly grabs my attention. You know, we we know you just want to see Jaden Davis as well. I still feel confident saying Jaden Davis is probably their top 2024 quarterback. Of course, we talked about Jaden Bradford, K.J. Jackson, Smosh Jones, a few others. But Croman Hoke now coming onto the scene. I don't think James Franklin's going that game. For no reason. So just he'll be a guy we we dig on here in the, in the weeks ahead. Yeah, Savannah's a nice place uh, to visit, but I don't think he's just going in the middle of the bye week for, uh, <laughs> no. for a nice little trip down there. Um, but yeah, yeah, they make these trips with a purpose. You and I were talking earlier uh, about uh, Mike Yurcich's schedule back in January where he went. And this is before they had offered anyone uh, still in the Dante Moore sweepstakes artificially, I would say. Um, but uh, saw Marcus Stokes, uh, saw J.J. Cole, saw Brock Glenn out in uh, out in Memphis. So um, they they use these trips for a purpose. And it, if he was not interested, I don't believe that they would waste that trip or use that, you know, use that time mm-hmm. to, to 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 go watch him play in Georgia. So I agree. And circling back to Edwin Joseph, I agree with you um, in terms of I think Penn State's got momentum there. Very interesting dynamics with the wide receiver class. They went and saw Cam Selden last week. They went and saw a couple of other committed guys that you reported in your notes late last week. So I, I, I think there's some shuffling going on there with the board. Is Edwin Joseph um, the guy that you you reach for and you can grab now? Or do you think you, you have a shot to flip Selden from Tennessee, which I think is going to be very tough considering how well the Vols have played, especially in offense this season. So a lot of dynamic or a, a lot of things going on with that wide receiver dynamic that uh, you know that could change in an instant. But I do think you know all things equal, Penn State is probably the team to beat for Joseph right now as well. One other guy too, Chris Johnson, Dillard. Uh, of course, Dillard played St. Thomas Aquinas last week. That lined up perfect for Penn State, of course, so they could see King Mac, Conrad Hussey. Uh, just just keep an eye on, on Chris Johnson here. I, I Sean, I mean, I think you agree it's not going to be easy for Penn State to get him. I, I would still kind of lean towards him staying down south, but he feels like Penn State's top running back target. There's a few others they're keeping an eye on, but with Devin Ford now out, I mean, Chris Chris Johnson is clearly somebody I think that they're going to push really hard to get on campus here, hopefully for the end of the season, but you know, maybe, maybe an official visit in December if they can. Yeah, there was talk about visiting this month. I don't know if it's going to work out with his schedule, but uh, that's one that that we definitely have to watch. You and I, and uh, he hasn't he hasn't responded uh, to to my inquiries about that. But uh, I think it's a very interesting, um, an, an, another 
interesting wrinkle to this 2023 class where they wanted, they definitely want to add another running back to the mix. And, and Johnson seems to be that guy, not only because, you know, he's a really, really good running back, but also he brings a little bit of versatility, could play the slot, could do a little bit of, uh, he does a lot of things really well. So um, Christopher Johnson, certainly a name to know. I think Miami, probably the team to beat. Ole Miss, probably close behind. But then Penn State uh, is one of those schools, maybe in that next tier, that uh, that is worth an official visit. It's worth a look for, for Johnson. Okay. All right, switching gears a little bit. Defensive line, 2023. Sean, you had a notebook earlier this week. We're not going to go into all the details, of course. We'll save that for most subscribers, which – by the way, if you have not subscribed to Blue White Illustrated, please check it out. And also subscribe to our YouTube page. There you go, T. Frank. You I go. remembered. Proud of myself. You, you did it. Uh, Joseph Mapui, though. I will throw it your way, Sean. Uh, St. Thomas Moore. Uh, I, think, I think he's a guy that, I mean, from what I understand, keep watching the film, see where it goes. I think that's kind of where Penn State's at right now. He came out with his mid mid season highlights this week as as T Frank has thrown up on the screen. Uh, big big boy, six five, two forty, um, moves pretty well. Uh, just so raw, just so incredibly raw. Uh, John Scott went up to see him the other day. He's also now a teammate with Zion Tracy at St Thomas More. Um, but productive player for how raw he is. This is probably a two or three year project. He's uh, originally from. Uh, the Congo and came over as a basketball prospect, went to Archbishop Carroll in DC, played opposite Nicholas Harbor. And actually the production was pretty similar um, in terms of, uh, of, of sacks and things like that. So I'm, I'm not convinced that Penn state is sold just because of the raw element of this. And this in, in this, uh, this era of college football, some of those guys get passed up. I mean, you remember Bryce Mostella a couple of years or a couple mm -hmm. of cycles ago, I mean, that one didn't go anywhere. Mupoy, maybe a little bit ahead of him, um, but that that's I think that's the kind of project we're talking here. But 6'5", 240 can move. Um, not many edge prospects left on the uh, left on the table. I think they'll, they'll continue to look at senior film and see if they can find somebody that pops out like that. But uh, that that's going to be a very interesting one to follow, because if he let's, let's be honest, if he decided I want to go to Penn State um, and called up the coaches, that's an interesting conversation to have. I mean, I, I don't think it's a, a no brainer take, but at that size, if you miss, miss big, you know, and that's uh, kind of how they are miss big or miss fast. And that's kind of how they've, they've gone about things. So a very interesting one there. And one other visit, not defensive line related that we forgot to, uh, to mention James Franklin flying in to see Kevion keys, um, the mm -hmm. uh, linebacker committed to North Carolina. Uh, that's an interesting one because Penn state was right in the mix with that. Ended up going to UNC, but he's kept his ear open, as many, many of these prospects have done in the 2023 class. Will be interesting to see the uh, the ups and downs and the roller coaster as we get on or as we get closer to National Signing Day. Does NIL become more of a factor for some of these guys that are committed elsewhere or committed to Penn State? I'd be very interested to see how that comes about. Um, but two guys that are locked into Penn State as, as much as you could possibly be. You went to see them this week. I know we've joked about your low scoring games and things like that, but you went to see two linemen <laughs> this week, so you're not looking for scoring plays. No, no. I mean, by the way, Mopoy just got an offer from Louisville, I believe it was last night. So I'll be interested to see kind of where that goes, just because I'm not sure like what schools are really after. Michigan was at one point, but I, I think just, Utah just offered as well. Yeah. Utah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that you know what? That's what it was. That Utah, have been the not red. Louisville. Yeah. Red and white. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it last time. Timeline. All right. Anyway, back to Donko and Birchmeyer. Really enjoyed my trip down there this weekend. I, I think anyone who will watch the highlights from it, it's it's 
we've always known that Birchmeyer is fundamentally one of the, the top guys out there. Oh, we got Donko first. Thank you, T. Frank. I'll, I'll switch to Donko first. What, what just grabs my attention with Donko is that he's still pretty raw and still needs to learn how to play a little lower. That's kind of what grabbed my attention the most. But when you look back to some of his highlights from last year, oh, sorry, knock something off my table. Uh, there's definitely improvement. I mean, there's a reason Charles Power upgraded him to a four star. And when you look at his athleticism, too, I mean, there's if you, if you played all these clips, there's some movement uh, of him, you know, uh, playing defensive line and, and just him running around chasing guys later. I mean, I kept that in there because of just to show people how well he moved. So I, I still see a tackle with Donko, man. I mean, yeah, he can pull and move really well, but if he can, if, if Troutwine can teach him the fundamentals of being a tackle, I mean, everything is there from a size perspective and from an athleticism perspective. The issue is just, he's a lot better at guard for his high school. So he's not getting any experience with that. So I, I, I know they want to use him as a tackle. It's the goal to use him as a tackle, but there's just not much there right now, um, you know, that shows that he can absolutely do that. Now, switching over to Birchmeyer, uh, I just watched some of these clips, guys. I mean, <laughs> he's just destroying kids. I feel bad for this kid, uh, number eight or number four. I mean, there's a couple of defensive ends who just kind of got destroyed all day. Uh, you know, from an athleticism perspective, Really, what I would say about Birchmeyer is that wrestling background and using leverage, it just it is so key to his overall, um, you know, talent level right now. But to where he could potentially get on the field a little earlier than what normally I project offensive line, he just knows how to use it so well. He knows how to stay low, get underneath guys, and drive guys, uh, as you just saw in that last clip, and you'll you'll see in plenty of others. But fundamentally. Well, Go ahead, that, Sean. That last clip, clip, you had to zoom out to see him blocking while the running back was still 10 years. <laughs> Look at this one here. This one here. That was one of my favorite ones. The kid's like, no, no. He's trying to give up, and Birchmeyer takes him to the ground uh, anyway. But, I mean, just when you when you watch Birchmeyer and you watch Donko, what you see is a, a guy like Birchmeyer who's been working with trainers for a long time and who's been doing this a long time compared to Donko, who just hasn't been doing it as long. Both are incredibly athletic players to have uh, – really high ceilings but i just i think when you watch birchmeyer and him from a fundamental perspective and, and you watch him compared to donko i mean you just clearly see that the difference of, of what a couple extra years of personal training working with offensive line coaches um could do for a prospect like that so that that makes me encouraged about donko um you know and again there's a lot of there was a lot of things that were encouraging about donko but i just when you're comparing him to alex birchmeyer the whole time um, you know, I think you just clearly see the difference of training and, and three, four years of, of of what that does to a player like that. Yeah. Birchmeyer sure knows how to lock on. That's for sure. Um, and, and I think the thing that you look at when you take a look at these clips is not so much the fact that he's burring a 200 pound defensive end. He's not going to run into that kid in the Big Ten, but it's it's feet and balance and agility. And that's where Donka, in my opinion, that's where Donka really shines is he's got a natural athletics, athletics base. Um, he's a wrestler as well. I mean, he doesn't have the accolades mm -hmm. that uh, Birchmeyer has, but he's a wrestler as well, and you can see that come across. So uh, I think that's two exciting prospects right there. You, you lump in with Javen Williams as well, um, and you've got you've got something there. So I think uh, I think it's a very good class. I still think it's probably a little bit smaller um, than you'd like it to be. Uh, uh, Josh Miller, the Virginia from Virginia, who flipped to Georgia, would have been a really really great part of this class as well. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, there's there's certainly a lot to work with on both sides. Um, I think both you start at tackle and see what you've got, and then uh, you know if you have to move Donk or excuse me, 
I'm, I'm talking start Donka, Donka and Williams. You, no, mm-hmm. I, I would say start Donka at tackle just because. Oh, I'm sorry. We're talking, I thought we were talking so about Birch. Well. Sorry. No, okay. Birch is definitely an interior guy all the way. I I just mentioned Javon Williams and, and I lumped uh, Donka and Javon Williams together. Starting both of those guys at tackle would be a, a great opportunity to see what they've got. Uh, like you mentioned, Donka not familiar with it. We saw him at camp working at guard, um, but uh, he just hasn't played outside by himself on that edge, um, which is going to, uh, there's a lot to learn out there. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but, but he's going to take a couple of years as well to, to get where he needs to be. One thing I'd add to is talking to Birch. I mean, he's snapping right now. He's practicing snapping. So just keep an eye on that. Do I think he's a guard? Yes. I mean, I think that's 70, 80% most realistic, but he's trying to just become as versatile as he can. I mean, he's playing offensive tackle a lot too in some of those. Well, you, you know, you know, Penn State doesn't recruit center guard. Yeah. They right. recruit both of them lumped into one with the hope that you can get a, a really good center, a multi-year starter at center. Of course, they they love Cooper Cousins at center. That doesn't mean he can't play guard. Doesn't mean he can't play tackle mm-hmm. either. Um, but uh, that that's kind of where you see them filling in, and and they they, they keep getting bigger, don't they? I mean, you went down and, and saw these guys in person, starting uh, you know last uh, last class. Drew Shelton's a big boy. Malik uh, Malik McNeil, the biggest offensive lineman I think they've recruited. Um, and then you've got these these three guys that are legit six five great length uh athleticism right in the 300 pound range i know birchmeyer has to stay down for for wrestling i think donka will get down there as well so there's a lot to like and they just keep getting bigger and bigger and cooper cousins in the 2024 class big guy um we've talked about uh kevin haywood as potential uh you know we both have uh, rpm picks in from him from archbishop wood who's over six seven so they keep getting bigger and bigger and that's where they want to move yeah, Donko's – the one thing I'd say with Donko, too, that is encouraging is, like, he's he's been able to maintain his weight really well. I mean, if you go back to last January, I mean, he's been pretty much low 300s the whole time. I mean, that's just not something we always see uh, from from offensive linemen. So I think it's, it's encouraging, I think, uh, with time, uh, when you get in that strength program, they can really, uh, you know, manipulate him and, and make him into what they want him to be. So they'll be curious to watch uh, how, how well he does with that. All right, uh, whiteout visitors – uh, we we're putting this list together. So I don't want to pretend we're going to give away 40 names right now, but I, I think one thing that's kind of standing out to me right now is the linebacker class that's planning to be here for, for this game. i just wrote this week about Aaron Childs, you know, one of the best linebackers in the country, in my opinion. Uh, and now what we've kind of learned since then is Anthony Specka, Chris Jones, Cam Lindsay, Sam Piloff are all planning to be there. It's just shaping up to be, a very potentially a very strong linebacker class for 2024. Um, Sean, any thoughts on that or any other guys that kind of stand out to you as far as intriguing whiteout visitors? Yeah. That, I mean, that's what you want to do is you want to get each room as deep as possible in the 2024 class, maybe into the 2025s as well. So you mentioned, I mean, Sam Piloff is coming in. I think this is probably his third or fourth visit from Wisconsin. So, I mean, that's, that's an interesting one. And Wisconsin's a, an interesting situation with uh, with their coach uh, coaching status in limbo here. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's a, it's a good linebacker class. I, I really expect, and and you could throw probably Anthony Saka in there, um, the twenty twenty five kid, um, the, the Penn State legacy. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a good one. <laughs> it's going to be a really mm-hmm. good uh, really good list. I know you started working on it yesterday. You wrote about Childs. Childs, I'm not convinced is a linebacker at the next level. I think he might grow yeah. his way out of it. He's a big boy. I mean, he's just a naturally big boy, probably 230 right now um, as a junior in high school. So you've got to, if you've got the athleticism to, I don't want to say overcome that, if you've got the athleticism to deal with it, like an Abdul Carter or something like that, that's special. 
but we, we will see where he ends up at the next level. But no, I think it's going to be a, a great list. Um, I know you've, you've already got it started and uh, we've, we hope to add names pretty much every day through the next two weeks. Um, but uh, it's going to be mostly forward focused 2024s, 2025s, even 2026s are going to come up and, and guys that have offers from Penn state um, this weekend's uh, outcome likely will not Im- impact how, how things go. So we'll see uh, what Penn state does on the field and, Maybe if they if they pull it off this weekend, then you've got yourself a couple other kids that maybe take a look and say, oh, maybe maybe that's something I want to check out. So um, always a popular time to be around the site. Of course, check us out. Uh, you know, we still got the uh, subscription deal going, I believe, through the whiteout. So um, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. I know Ryan's already on it, and I'm uh, I'm excited to get rolling. I'm excited to be on the the same team for this one. I think this is our first big uh, uh, yes, that'd be nice. Oh, I mean, if, if we're being honest, though, we've kind of worked together on these lists in the past. <laughs> it's not the first time we've kind of worked together on these. But, uh, yeah, we'll leave that story for another day. But, um, you know, one thing I would say, too, is Anthony Specca. You know, he's one of the lower rated guys by on three. But I think he's one of Penn State's top guys. So that's something we'll keep an eye on there. Specca missed, I think, two games to start the season. But he's playing well. Central Catholic, though, is a little down this year. I think they're like three and four or something like that, too to you know i guess not start the year we're, we're about halfway or more through it so keep an eye on that Pilaf, you mentioned three-star guy i think he could really move up ratings as as you know especially if he gets out to some camps this year childs i mean childs you're right it, as soon as i said linebacker uh, you know childs kind of makes a little more sense as a dn long term 6'3 220 i mean i think he could easily be 240 um you know, if he if you really push himself to be like that in the next year or so. So keep an eye on that. And I don't want to forget about Cam Lindsay either, because I feel like Cam Lindsay kind of gets overlooked sometimes. And then like even I was overlooking Cam Lindsay for a little while. And then every time I ask about Cam Lindsay, I just get told not to overlook Cam Lindsay. So simple Tell enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, anything else, Sean? I, I mean, it's like we're said, we're we're two weeks out from really getting getting back on a roll with recruiting. It's been a slow couple of weeks, but uh, anything else that kind of stands out to you? No, they're tr- they're still trying to get twenty three guys in uh, for next weekend. Uh, that that'll probably be something that takes shape through next week. Um, obviously, if they're getting twenty three kids up right now, they're probably going to be committed to other programs, and those kids mm-hmm. like to keep it under. The schools like to keep it under, and uh, that's kind of how that thing works. So uh, definitely stay tuned to the site throughout the next week. We've got a lot to talk about uh, for, with the White House. I mean, this is this is the recruiting podcast, so you know, no offense to. I mean, we're not looking ahead from Michigan. That's we, we don't do the one no thing on the recruiting podcast. Yeah. We're looking ahead to the White House. It's going to be a, a very very busy time on the sidelines for Penn State. Penn State's recruiting staff doesn't do that either. When you have 150 kids uh, coming to your coming to your place in uh, whatever it is, 12 days or so. All right, guys, I will wrap it up there. T. Frank, thank you for producing. As we said, please subscribe to YouTube and Blue White Illustrated. Sean, appreciate you being on, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in.